your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 359 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, speaking of scent, sounds like the Maple Leafs are exploring trade options for their pending UFA, Zach Hyman. There's a natural connection between DJ Smith. Do you think the Sens are interested in adding another Leaf swinger after prying away Connor Brown a couple of years ago? We'll get Pilsy's take on that before turning back to our Sens Central draft rankings. And we're deep into the 20s, and there are some talented kids profile today stay tuned for all that and more this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day today is thursday july 15th and pilsy would you say that these are the final four prospects that we're profiling where you're like ah maybe a bit outside the sense range at 10 yeah, we're still at that level where we're too far from 10 to be like, okay, this this wouldn't be a crazy reach to get this guy. But also, we're way too far from 39 for them to fall all the way to the second round. So, yeah, I would say this is probably maybe a few of the guys in tomorrow's show will be out of the Sens range at 10. But we're getting ever so close to getting that uh, that crop of guys that could be anywhere from you know, picks five to 15. So right in the Sens range, but some good talent today. Yeah, no prospect has been ranked 10 or higher on any of our eight scouts. The highest was Zachary Leroux yesterday, who was ranked 12th on Button's list. Stan Coven was ranked 13th on McKean's. So we're getting ever so close. Now let's touch on the poll right away because we, we got to get this out there. We put it up every day at Sens Central, which of the four prospects we profile would you most like the sense to draft? And Zachary LeRoux is absolutely dominating the poll, Pilsy. I'm convinced that we're getting trolled. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, Locked On Senators fans are getting together and uh, collectively <laughs> deciding to troll us. But, hey, Ross, we, we had a situation. EP had a do-not-draft guy on their list, and it was Tyler Clevin, and we ended up loving him. So LaRue is a do-not-draft guy on our list. Maybe it turns out to be something, but uh, I'm not too convinced. Let's just say that for now. I don't think it will be in Ottawa, especially with the height they put on character in terms of the draft rankings. And when he gets drafted, we need that screenshot of the content piece the Sens put out a couple of years ago where it's Pierre Dorian looking sideways. He goes, is he a low character guy? So, I mean, that that's all you need to know. People were mentioning, and fairly so, that if you play the NHL video game 21 and you do the GM mode, you go into the draft, Zachary LaHue is always a top five pick. So people might have a preconceived notion about what kind of player he is just based on the video game. You can't spit in the video game. So I guess he does have that going for him. 
but that's why you listen to the show. You don't just go off NHL one ratings, guys. You got <laughs> Ross and I are here. We're grinding. We're putting the work in. We're using eight different scouts. So we're giving you better information than projected simulations. So let's uh, let's stick to that going forward in the polls. Unless if you guys are just trolling us, then just continue to troll, and it's an ongoing joke. But if you're not trolling us, follow along, and we'll steer you in the right direction. Ever so close. So here's how we're going to do it the rest of the way before the draft. We're going to continue doing four prospects each show until Wednesday of next week. So that day, we're doing the top eight. It's going to be a show just for that. We're not going to have much banter off the top. We're going to get right to the countdown. And honestly, for the top five, we're going to keep it a little tighter because I think we know that those will all be out of the Senators range off the board by the time they pick at number 10 and then on Thursday we're going our final mock draft with a special guest and then Friday's show will come out later on after the draft so it'll be an evening show Wednesday is going to be a mammoth episode though with the top eight prospects and Thursday as well so you'll have plenty of content that'll take you through draft day and then we'll have our immediate first round reaction right here on Locked On Senators. You can also follow us on Twitter at Send Central. And speaking of mock drafts, Pilsy, we did a final first round mock draft with the entire Locked On Network, which is an amazing initiative because each local expert knows best what they think or they want their team to, t- to play. So stay tuned for that at Locked On NHL. Those will be tweeted out. I made my video. Should we tease who we got or do we let it be a surprise? Ross, I think the pick is going to shock a lot of people, so we'll have it uh, teased as a surprise. All right, let's just say it is option A, in my opinion, for what the Sens should and could do come draft day. Okay, Pilsy, draft is on Friday the 23rd, but free agency opens a week after that, and there's lots of rumblings already. I mentioned off the top, Zach Hyman, the stud winger? I guess you could call him that power forward more so. He's a great complimentary piece. He'll never be the best player on a top six line, but he's always going to be the first guy in on the four check. It seems like his agent is going to parlay the fact that he spent so much time with Marner and Matthews into his own crazy contract. Now, is this a caution to teams, or do you think Zach Hyman is enough of a valuable piece that he should and will command that sort of money? Well, I'll start off with saying, yes, I do think Zach Hyman is a very valuable piece. Like every team, like I feel like Zach Hyman has created a profile for that type of player. Like when you see a Zach Hyman type, you reference Zach Hyman as the guy, you know what I mean? So he's kind of made a name for himself and rightfully so, like to be able to play with skilled guys like that and put up points and do all the dirty work. It's impressive what he's been able to do. However, anytime you're going to free agency, teams are going to have to overpay to to get you because bidding wars happen and there's not many guys like him available. So I'm just a little worried that maybe he's going to get a a higher annual average and maybe one more year than would really be a fair proper value in free agency. Hey, credit to him. He was a fifth round pick back in 2010. He's my age, just turned 29. And he grinded his way. Went all four years at Michigan was an assistant captain in his final year. And as we see so often, he, he let his rights expire. I believe it was actually a trade, uh, Florida to Toronto, but spent all four years. Florida knew they weren't going to be able to sign him, and he would have had his pick of the litter and obviously went to his hometown Maple Leafs. And unlike many Maple Leafs, 
he's actually won something. He was on the Calder Cup team with the Toronto Marlies uh, in his first pro season. And, you know, he's been a contributing player. There is that, but he's also a career-high 41 points. So what is an overpayment for Zach Hyman? I think most players like this at this age would get about four by four, I think would be fair. You look at another guy who's the same age, Tyler Toffoli, who's put up more points, who's won more. He got squeezed last summer under $5 million. So the notion that Zach Hyman is going to get six by six, good luck to any team who gives him that contract. Yeah, six by six is a little much. I would say he's probably going to end up getting a five by five when he probably more accurately is in a four by four or four by five deal, like $4 million for four years or five years. I would go up to five and a half if it was three years or less. I think yeah. that right now he's a good player, but the way he plays, the rambunctious style, that lends to shorter heights of their career, right? Because you get banged up and all that. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair, Ross, but I think he's going to want a little bit more term, or at least he can command that yeah, if he I wants. Mean, yeah, fair to him. And if I was his agent, I'd be telling him the same thing. Yeah, and, and you mentioned he's a kind of 40-point pace guy, which – doesn't jump out on the page at you, but I, I would guess, and this is obviously not a real stat, and I'm not sure how you could track this. I'm sure there's some sort of graph or analytic, but he would be like a third assist guy all over the place. You know what I mean? Because he's the guy, it's a loose puck in the corner. He gets it away from that big burly defenseman. Then he dishes it off to Marner. Marner dishes it back to Riley, and Riley finds Matthew uh, for a one-timer, and Marner and Riley get those assists where, really, Hyman is the one that got that play started. And, uh, like, that's the kind of thing I'm saying here. Like, maybe the points don't necessarily reflect the value that he adds to a team, but I think NHL general managers and people that play against Zach Hyman could definitely applaud his ability to go get those loose pucks and do those little dirty area things that stars like, well, especially stars like Matthew and Marner are not going to be doing two time 20 goal scorer to that notion in back-to-back seasons. And then in this shortened season, I believe he hit 15, but I would also call him a poor man's Gabriel Landis cog. And that leads perfectly into another guy who shockingly hasn't come to terms with the only team he's ever played for. They named him captain when he was 21 years old. And now they're trying to squeeze him. Reports coming out that they offered Landis Cog a contract with an annual average of five and a half. If I'm Pierre Dorian, I'd give this guy seven and a half, eight and a half. This guy brings everything you need to a roster. He brings leadership. He brings intangibles. He brings goal scoring. He brings a power forward mindset. And if they lose him, that's an enormous hole in one of the best lineups in the National Hockey League. Five and a half million is laughable. Like if I was Landis Cog's agent, I would just rip that up right away and be like, negotiations are over. If that's where you guys are starting at, we're out of here. A captain of your team, a guy that does so much other things other than just get points. And Miko Rantanen just got paid. Why can't Landis Cog get paid? I don't know. That's, uh, I wouldn't blame him if he walks, if that's the situation, if that's true. I mentioned Zach Hyman's a two-time 20-goal scorer. Well, Gabriel Landis Cog is a seven-time 20-goal scorer and has also hit 34 in 2018-19. So this, to me, skyrockets Landis Cog is the number one free agent available right there, neck and neck. I might even give the edge to Landis Cog over... Dougie Hamilton, different positions, of course, but they're out of the same draft as well. So they're the same age. I just, Eileen Landis, I love what he brings. And the caveat, 
I don't think Ovechkin's going anywhere. Otherwise, he'd be the number one guy. Although, man, he's getting ever so close. And you remember back, not to open old wounds, sense fans, but you thought that Alfie was staying until the exact moment that he wasn't. So could Ovi surprise people? That would send shockwaves through the National Hockey League. We know some things will happen as we lead up to free agency and will be your number one home all the way here on Locked On. Senators. Okay, before we get back to our draft rankings, a word from Bet Online. I'm going to let Pilsy take this ad because he's back. He hit his parlay. Let's go, Pilsy. Look out, guys. We always talk about it. BetOnline.ag is the exclusive sports book partner for the Locked On Podcast Network. And their slogan is get into the action, get off the sidelines. And I was on the sidelines for a bit, Ross. Rock, uh, hockey ended. So I was like, you know what? I haven't been following baseball, haven't been following basketball. So I'm not going to dabble in that yet. Responsible gambling, you know, don't go, don't just keep betting for the sake of betting. Only bet if you think you got a chance to win. So I got back into baseball. MLB All-Stars just disappointed. I won't say it again, but only seven runs at Coors Field in an All-Star game is absolutely embarrassing. So we'll move from that. But the NBA Finals, I hit Milwaukee Bucks money line and the under. So that's always nice. There's no games on today. So I'm, I'm taking a break. I'm sitting on the sidelines for this one, responsible gambling. But if you're someone that wants to get in on the action when sports do ramp back up again, then betonline.ag is the place to go. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKED on for 50% welcome bonus. You gotta love it, Ross. We're giving the people 50% just for joining. So how that works is you put a hundred bucks in and you're gonna get $50 for free, but you do have to earn that to get it. So you can earn it by winning parlays and I'll be back once baseball's back. Maybe I'll keep going with the NBA finals here and uh, we'll get some more parlays going, but Go to betonline.ag, get your account ready with promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, don't sit on the sidelines anymore, get in on the action. And please make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Senators wherever you download your podcast, whether it's the Odyssey app, Google Play, Spotify, or on Apple Podcasts. That's where you can leave us a review. Five stars if you don't mind. It does go a long way. We've come a long way as well, Pilsy, since. Our draft rankings began at pick 75. We've been counting all the way down to number one. And today we start at number 23 with an average of 25.6 from Olten in the Swiss second tier and Flint in the OHL. Brennan Othman, who's been a stud prospect for a long time, going back to the days where he and Shane Wright would light it up in the GTHL. What a place to start, really, when you're playing with Shane Wright in the Don Mills Flyers team. Like, just can, can we just team. can we just touch on his point totals from from there? I know it's a long way Do back. It. Well, not really. 2018-19, he played 72 games. First, can we discuss that they have 15 year olds playing 72 game seasons? That in itself is a little woohoo. But in those 72 games, 146 points is that good? That's insane. I wasn't thinking it would be that high. I was expecting a, a low 100s. Second on his team. <laughs> Second on his team in points behind Shane Wright, who had 150. 
those poor other kids playing in the GTHL, like just coming into the rink. It's your third uh, game of the week. Like you say, these kids are playing too much and you're just, it's the Washington generals up against the Harlem Globetrotters here. Like yikes. Yeah. We're going to get to Brant Clark as well, but he was a defenseman on that team. And as a defenseman, he had 35 goals and 113 points. So let's just say going to play the Don Mills flyers. Wasn't that fun in 2018, 19, but after that, Brendan Othman took his act to the Flint firebirds and, yeah, maybe not the best run OHL organization, maybe not the most talented, but he still stood out in his time there. And after his rookie season, there are some scouts, though, that think he leaves more to be desired. He has so much skill. You saw him at the World Under-18s this year, win gold for Canada. He had one of his goals was between the legs right at the top of the crease. Like, that's tough to do. It was a beauty. He had six points in seven games there on his way to a gold medal. And this year, got a taste playing against men. How do you think that impacted his development? I think it was probably a good thing. It's good uh, that he was able to get a different challenge, uh, a little different than the OHL. He had 16 points in 34 games. Not too bad for that kind of transition. And the reason this guy was able to excel, I think, is like the release for his shot is absolutely nasty. Like It doesn't matter whether you're playing against men or kids your own age because if you can get the puck off your stick that quickly like he can, no one's going to be able to stop you or it's going to be pretty hard. Like Some of the highlights I was watching, he was already celebrating the goal before I even <laughs> saw the puck go in, Ross. Like I'm like... Wait, what he oh he scored okay <laughs> and like he, it's one of those guys and he's just so effective like two on ones he's always finishing that play like yeah it's uh it's like if you're watching Sens games and you see it's like Nick Paul and Connor Brown they're gonna go back and forth but you don't know who's gonna finish that play not with Brennan Othman like he is the guy that's finishing it even if you have to make that extra pass he's tapping it in back door he attacks the zone with speed he's aggressive on the forecheck like this guy is hungry for goals and he, he tends to fill his appetite, let's just say that. Yeah, he finished high on a men's team in scoring, albeit the second tier, but he was seventh on Olten in the Swiss second tier in scoring seven goals, nine assists for 16 points. How about 64 penalty minutes, maybe getting pushed around as the young kid and standing up for himself there. Here's what uh, Scott Wheeler has a quote from a source, so we don't get a name on this one, but he says, the source, quote, he still needs to work on his skating, but he has time to develop it. His hockey IQ, his vision, his skill level, his ability to score, his ability to work with really good players in a top six role, I think he's the real deal 100%. So that being said, how many stars are you giving Othman out of five? For the Sens, that is. Yeah, I gave him three stars. Really, he's a four-star type player, but he, and this is going to be the theme going forward here, but he's just, he's not going to be around for the sense and another team is going to get uh, the opportunities to select him and he's going to light it up for them. But if for some crazy reason he did fall to 39, oh my God, that would be incredible to get a guy like this. Yeah, well, would you package those two seconds to move up and get him around 20, let's say, or if let's say uh, option A, B, and C are off the board at 10, would you trade back a few spots if you're going to target this guy? No, I don't really like either of those options, Ross. I, I like the talent at 10. I wouldn't trade back, that's for sure. And I don't like the idea of trading uh, two of the second round picks because there's a we went through, there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of good defensemen that can be had with those second round picks. So 
for for me, I would just stand pat with your picks and and take the range you've got. Yeah, I've got him at three and a half stars. Similar to you, I don't see him in the Sens range, although we will go through and scouting has him at 42. Isn't that a nice number where the Sens pick in this draft? Now, one thing we didn't mention, we talked about how he's such a finisher, is his forechecking ability is right there. And coming off a segment where we talk about Landis Cog and Hyman, I don't know if he's at that level, but he's always going in and finishing his checks and separating body from puck and allowing his teammates the opportunity to be a third man in. Like, he'll, he'll start scrumming it up and allow his player to come in and gain possession that way. So there's a lot of elements to like about Othman's game, and I'm excited to see how he develops. Now, one interesting note, and we have a few prospects coming up where they're OHLers, but they played overseas this past year. I'm curious to know, are they being drafted out of the OHL, or are they being drafted out of Europe? The caveat being... If they're drafted out of Europe, they could go right to the AHL. And he's now already played 34 games against men. He's a guy who I'd like to see potentially step into an AHL role as soon as next season. I think the answer to that, Ross, is they would be drafted out of the OHL since these were all technically loans, right? Fair. That's the thing. They Like um, the Swiss League, he, they didn't acquire his rights. He was loaned right. to them. Okay, so it wouldn't be like, a, I guess Austin Matthews is a bad example because he ended up going right to the National Hockey League, which any prospect can do, but he was drafted out of the Swiss League. So, okay, yeah, good to uh, compliment that. So he comes in with an average of 25.6. He's as high as 17th on Craig Button's list. I mentioned as low as 42. In between, we got Pronman and the Elite Prospects draft guide at 21. McKean's at 22. Wheeler at 23, McKenzie at 25, Ferrari at 34. Safe to say he's going to go in the early 20s. Eh, Pills? Yeah, and that's what we're talking about. He's just not going to be around here. And the the notion of trading back and trading up, it, it just doesn't work here. One thing's for sure, though, Pillsy, one team is going to be very happy to add Brennan Othman to their prospect pool. He comes in at number 23 on our Send Central draft rankings as we move up to number 22, Francesco Pinelli. He played in Kingston in the OHL. So another theme today, players from the OHL who weren't able to start up their season. He was able, though, to go over to Slovenia to play. Uh, Random place, but at that point, desperation takes over because the OHL, they kept pushing it back. Oh, we're going to start. We're going to start. We're going to start. And then it never happened. So players had to make a decision. And at that point, all the Swedish leagues, the Finnish leagues, all those, they're, they're full of their imports. They can't add any more. So... Credit to Pinelli and his agent for finding him a place to play, albeit in Slovenia. Safe to say he was a little too good for that league. That was a situation where, like you said, it was a bit of desperation. I mean, you got to play somewhere, so go there. And I think for Pinelli, it wasn't as seamless as it was for Othman because Othman has Swiss heritage. Now, I don't know how much that helps the transition living in that culture. If you maybe he also, had- we should mention that Othman had Mason McTavish, at least for the second part of his stay. So they had a relationship previous as well. So I'm sure that helps. Yeah, so I think the the transition to being a young kid in a new culture away from home, I think was easier for Othman than it was for Pinelli, but he did he did well over there. He had 11 points in 13 games, so he was able to to produce there. And 
when he was able to come and play in the U18 tournament, he had 11 points in seven games. He really lit it up and uh, made the most of it, that's for sure. And uh, as I've done usually with the OHL kids, let's go back to his rookie season where he played a full season in the OHL. He had 41 points in 59 games with the Kitchener Rangers. So this, this kid is right around a point-per-game pace. So you can tell he's definitely an offensive-minded guy. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, Almost a point per game over in Slovenia. But this is a guy, and we haven't seen it as often this year as maybe in years past, but he plays center now, and he's a guy who I see growing into a center at the NHL level. How much value do you think that adds in a draft like this? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to bring that up too. Wheeler sees him as a center long term, whereas EP has already pegged him as a winger once it comes to pro levels. His skating form. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't have it uh, exactly why they said that, but I think they just meant more that uh, they wanted to get open for the shot and to not have to focus so much defensively because Pinelli's a dual threat player. Like he's got high hockey IQ and he's a smart passer. So I think they want to be able to have him focus just on kind of creating offense and not being having to roam around the ice like a centerman would at a pro level. So maybe that's where they're going there. But it was interesting to see the two, two scouting entities have different opinions on where he will project. Yeah, what Elite Prospect does say about him is that Pinelli reads open spaces, supports plays, and reaches teammates through and around defenders in an exceptionally clever way. So he's a guy with elite hockey IQ, I think would be his best attribute. Yeah, I would agree. I think his ability to read the game and understand the game and find guys in good open spots for high danger opportunities is really what's going to excel for him. Now, Again, I gave him three stars, Ross, because I think he's a great player. He's probably a four-star prospect on the ice, but for the Sens, he's not going to be around in their range. He was nasty at the World Under-18s. And how about this? We've got like half of Team Canada coming up now. Like we still have Mason McTavish, still have Brant Clark. We just did Brennan Othman, and now Francesco Pinelli, who had 11 points in seven games en route to that gold medal. He was a plus eight as well. This guy I see as a third-line centerman who can not only be smart defensively, but who can be an offensive threat and play on your second power play unit. If he plays on the wing, sure, whatever. But I think that his calling card will be that two-way ability, but nasty offensively. Six foot one, 185. He's got the size. Left shot. So I give him three stars as well. I, it's just so tough. I missed last year when we had three, five, 28, 33, 42. I mean, 61, and then another one. I forget exactly where it was, but the pick they traded for Matt Murray, like, oh, that was uh, the good old days. But now, I mean, what, would you trade that, though? No, because we got the K-Train. We got Igor Sokolov and all of the great talent from the first round as well that you know well. They've all been on Locked On Senators. You know that we're the number one home when it comes to draft coverage as well. So Francesco Pinelli, he comes in with an average ranking of 25.5. So literally 0.1 in the average separates him and Othman. It's that close. And it's not close when it comes to some of the rankings. The elite prospects is the highest on him at 16, scouting the lowest at 30. But get this, Pilsy, Bob McKenzie, Craig Button, and Scott Wheeler all have him at 24. And McKean's has him at 25. So that is right in the same range, which is out of Ottawa's range. So he's in at number 22 on our Send Central draft rankings before we get back to the countdown let's tell you about our friends with rock auto 
Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving auto parts to customers online, and they've been doing it for 20 years. That's the seal of longevity, and they've been doing it online. That's ahead of their time. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil. You can even get your new carpet there. And whether it's your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Let's touch on the prices because they're the best at rockauto.com. Always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Rhetorical question time. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't want to do it. Pillsy would hate for you to do that. I would too. So you go to rockauto.com just like we do and go right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. All we ask is that you put locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. All right, Pilsy, right back to the countdown we go. Coming in at number 21 with an average rank of 24.9, Xavier Bourgault from Shawinigan in the Quebec League. He is one of the earliest birthdays in the draft. So if he was two weeks older, he would have been in the 2020 draft. What can you say about the talented right shot center? Yeah, that's the first thing that jumps out because he's had basically three full seasons in the queue, which is wild to think about when you're looking at some prospects like guys we just talked about who yeah. can't Hoffman's even get an opportunity. One yeah, Hoffman's like played they, one year in the O. They don't even have an opportunity to get their second year in and he's got three full seasons. So let's take a look at how that worked out for him. 2018-2019, his rookie season in the queue, only 20 points in 62 games, Ross. But then... I don't know what happened. He had a growth spurt. He, he got some new line mates, probably is more like it. But he followed up with a huge year, 71 points in 63 games. So a 51-point bump. That's not too shabby. And then last season, only got 29 games in, 40 points with 20 goals. And I talked about line mates. He did play on a line with Dallas Stars' first-round draft pick, Maverick Bork, and those two lit it up together. Yeah, he certainly did. So how much do you credit his success to playing with such a talented guy like Maverick Bork? Uh, I wouldn't knock him for it. Like, it's it's something to be said to be able to play with good players, right? And to be able to keep up with them and compliment them. And it seems like he's a guy that definitely is able to do that. So the only reason I asked, too, is because when we had Zachary Bolduc a couple days ago, we're like, oh, wow, look at how inflated his numbers were the year he played with Lafreniere. So in this case, I just want to make sure. But I agree with you. Borgo brings so much more to the table. He's such a great passer. Looks off guys like nobody else I've seen so far. Especially he's on the half wall in the power play. And he'll just, he'll always like look to the point. Like he's going to go up top for, for a shot from the point. And then he just snaps one back door and makes awesome plays. 20 goals, 20 assists this year in only 29 games. Like that tells you all you need to know about both him and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Um, so I'd like to see him against a little bit better competition, but you can't choose who you play against. You can only do it in the league that you're assigned, at least when you grow up in Quebec, like Borgo did. He's from Lisette in uh, Quebec, but again, because he was such an older player in this draft class, he wasn't eligible for the world under 18s and didn't play there as they were canceled last year due to COVID. So all that being said, I think that Borgo is a super interesting prospect, but 
again, out of the Sens range. I do like him a lot. I like that he's a right shot centerman. Even if he plays right wing, I think that's going to be a good spot for him going forward. Definitely, yeah. I could see him playing center or the wing. Where the name of the game for Borgo is the deception. Like, he can fool guys with his passing, faking guys off, changing his body posture and his angle to make them think he's going one way when he goes another one. And then, not only is he deceptive with his passes, he's deceptive with his release. Like, he can fool goalies because... Ross, as a goalie, you know, the biggest thing is you're watching that stick to see the release. So you can get a sense of timing. But what he does is he releases it just maybe a millisecond or two early. And that just throws your whole calculations off as a goalie. And then you're like, wait, I thought he was going to shoot a little bit later. And now he's already fired it past me. So he's able to really do all those kinds of things. And what I found from the scouting reports is he doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. Like, yeah, he can improve on skating. He could be a little better defensively. He could use some other breakout options, but like they're not detrimental to his success. Like he's able to work through them. So I think this is a guy that if you put him into a position to succeed and get him with some good line mates like Maverick Bork, he's going to light it up for you. But I'll, I'll hit it with the three stars again, only because he's not in the Senators range. Yeah, again, fair. Now, when you look at Elite Prospect, they saw it as the other way. They thought that Maverick Bork and the other line mate there, Olivier Nadeau, that they took advantage of Borgo's scoring ability in a big way. So they took advantage of that by being the first one in on the forecheck. The lead prospect saying that it's not that Borgo shies away from contact, but it just wasn't his role in Schoenigan. He was always the third forward high in the zone, waiting for that loose puck to come out so he could fire one home. Here's my question to you. So obviously he's ranked with an average of 24.9. He's 21st, but Elite Prospects has him down at 37. Pronman at 29. Button at 25. Maverick Bork went 30th last year. He was the second last pick of the first round, Dallas. Do you think that Borgo goes before Bork did last year? It's tough to say. I think yes, but mostly because I'll put an asterisk there because this is a bit of a weaker draft class. Like yeah. last year's first round was incredible. Insane. Like it, the talent was just wild. So for that reason, I think he might get scooped up a little earlier. I'm going to give him three stars as well here, Borgo. Um, and the reason being like you like his skill set, but he's not available. It sucks. But And also I wouldn't trade up, down, side to side, anywhere uh, to get him. I just think that he'll be a good addition to another team's prospect pool, but uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over not getting Xavier Borgo. He comes in at number 21 on our draft rankings. Number 20, we're going to Sweden, so pack your bags. It's Isaac Rosen playing for Lexan in the Swedish Hockey League, already playing against men. He's ranked as high as 16. Will Scouch and Tony Ferrari have him at 16. And as low as 35. Guess who? Corey Prodman. If we took out Corey Prodman, then it's Craig Button who has him 28. This guy, we talk about scoring ability. This guy's a shooter. Oh, yeah. And Wheeler, I, I like Wheeler's descriptions. He usually finds a nice way to describe them. He says he's an inventive and slippery goal scorer. So this oh. guy's going to find ways to get through defenders and get good, dangerous scoring opportunities. And he's been in and Sorry, Alex Linskog, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Lexan's program since 2015, he's he's clearly stuck around and they believe in him and he's been in a good program. In the J20 National League, he had 12 points in 12 games, point per game pace, 
But then as what happens with these highly touted prospects in the leagues over in Europe, in the SHL, one assist in 22 games, mostly because he's not getting the opportunities. But then, just like a lot of other players we're profiling, at the U18 tournament, lighting it up. Nine points in seven games, not to mention seven goals in seven Ooh. games. Not too bad. Goal score, yeah, I think so, Ross. Yeah, he's a super goal scorer. EP ringside saying he's highly skilled with strong skating, a strong shot, and elite puck skills. This guy is not scared to take you one-on-one across the wing and then fire one upstairs. Now, at the junior level, his offense popped, but at the Swedish Hockey League level, no goals, only one assist in 22 games. Does that worry you at all? I mean, we've seen low numbers for guys playing against men, but uh, a donut, a zero in the goal category for a goal score, that has to be at least a, an eyebrow raiser. It doesn't concern me that much, Ross. Like I said, like they, they just don't get the opportunities. And this is a guy that needs the right opportunities to score. Like look at look at guys like Lucas Raymond. Like you're you're talking about a fourth overall pick, and he wasn't able to light it up in the SHL either. And I could say Lucas Raymond's skill set is is much, much higher. So I, I don't put too much into that. And you know what? Sometimes it's good that they're put in different roles because in the SHL, he wasn't just the power play guy getting set up. He's got to learn to play a little defense. He's got to learn to forecheck a little harder. He's got to learn how to get around men as defenders rather than uh, guys under 20 years old. So I think, yeah, you'd like a guy who's touted as a goal scorer to always score goals, duh. But you got to work on other areas of your game as well. Well, Tony Ferrari kind of hits the nail on the head here where he mentions that He put his quickness and shifty skills on display quite often in the SHL with extremely limited playing time, as little as 37 seconds in some games. That, it's tough to make an impact. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It really doesn't concern me that much. So he did put up an unbelievable U18s, and Tony Ferrari goes on to say, quote, with Rosen showing his full capabilities off against his age group, his shot and playmaking ability were finally put on display. The young Swede looks every bit the offensive talent that gets drafted in the top 20 of the NHL draft. Funny you mentioned that, Tony, because he comes in exactly at number 20 on our draft board. You think he goes above or under where we have him? Let's say right at 20. Oh, I would, wow. I would be shocked, right? Who's, that, pick, who's picking 20? It seems like the right range for him. So you got him going to Boston. I think that would be a good spot for him at 20. The Boston Bruins are proud to select Isaac <laughs> Rosen. <laughs> oh, man. All right. This is good fun, Pilsy. And now we're going into the teens starting tomorrow. It's, it's awesome that we've been able to get this far. Oh, you mentioned you got three stars for him as well? Three stars. Yeah, I, I like him, and I think he's going to be really talented, but – just just in that range, that's not going to work. Sorry, I'm guys. I'm saying 3.5. I'm going to go a little bit higher than you here just because I like his skill set that much. So to recap today's list, at 23, Brendan Othman. At 22, Francesco Pinelli. At 21, Xavier Borgo. And at 20, Isaac Rosen. So an exciting group of offensive talent on today's list, and that's going to just continue into tomorrow. Will we have more free agent news? Will we have a Senators nugget? Potentially. Stay tuned for all that. But for today, we say goodbye. Hope you have a wonderful day. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.